You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 234 of the Make It British podcast. So I have been away for two and a half weeks, which feels like a lifetime ago. And it's actually been amazing just to take some time off, step away, recharge. And I actually have to confess, I didn't go on holiday in the UK this year. We're after our holiday in Cornwall last year, where our tent nearly blew off the edge of a cliff in Land's End. My family said, enough is enough and we need to actually go abroad this year. So we went to Sicily in Italy, which I absolutely adore. And we've been to Sicily a few times on holiday and we always make sure we go before the beginning of August. Because in Italy, pretty much the whole of the country shuts for two weeks in August around what's called the Ferragosta, which is mid-August, for everyone to go on holiday. And I remember that from when I worked at a manufacturing company in northern Italy in Como about 20, 25 years ago, when August, everything, everyone shut, the office shut, the factory shut, everything closed. And actually, to this day, still the majority of manufacturers, mills, factories in Italy do close. In fact, so do most of Europe, a lot of the factories in Spain, in Portugal. And the reason they do so is predominantly because it's blooming hot in the middle of August in those parts of the Mediterranean. So it became a bit of tradition and they still continue to close. In the UK, they don't do so, so much these days, but they did used to back in the 50s and 60s, in particular when it was known as the factory fortnight. So depending on which manufacturing region it was, they shut at different times. And did you know it also gave rise to the popularity of beach towns like Blackpool and Margate-on-Sea and Clacton, where coachloads of Brits, factory workers used to take the whole family and go on holiday during the summer. So the reason all the factories used to shut during that time in the UK was not because it was hot like it was in the Mediterranean, but just because they needed to do things like machinery maintenance, just general maintenance on the factory. But also, if you think about it, it makes sense. Where products are made in a production line and if several people are away at any one time, it's going to upset the productivity within that production line. So it made sense for everyone to go away at the same time. It also coincided with the school holidays. And if you think about manufacturing in the UK, particularly in the 50s and 60s, a lot of the people working on the factory floor, places like garment factories, were all women and they had to look after the kids during the school holidays. So it made sense for the factories were predominantly female workers just to close at the same time. So everyone could have two weeks off with their kids going to a seaside town in the summer. Lovely. Nowadays, the factory fortnight and the closure during the summer 
It's much less common in the UK. It still happens in it in places like Italy, but in the UK, not so much. Somewhere like Northampton, which back in the 50s and 60s had so many footwear factories and tanneries, it was the dominant employer in the area. So the whole town used to shut the last week of July and the first week in August. Now there's less shoe manufacturing going on in Northampton, but manufacturers like churches who are still there, they do actually still shut for a couple of weeks. The same with Stoke-on-Trent, which is known for its potteries. They had something called Potter's Fortnight, which happened in June. And then there was the Leicester Industrial Holiday, which was the first two weeks of July. And as I recall, now I might have got this wrong, so anyone listening to this that's from Leicestershire, but I seem to remember that you have slightly different school holidays in Leicestershire than you do in the other surrounding counties. And that's probably a throwback to the Leicester Industrial Holiday, which was those first two weeks in July. Today, Factory Fortnight, as a tradition, has kind of died out in the UK, and it makes sense if you think about it supply chains are more global raw more raw materials are coming from overseas um particularly the places like the far east that shut during uh, like in china they shut during chinese new year so that's kind of january february time and not in the summer months so factory fortnight today has kind of died out as a tradition in the uk but it doesn't mean that factories aren't working on a kind of reduced timescale during the summer. So productivity may be not what it is during the rest of the year. And it's certainly worth bearing in mind that during the summer, manufacturing lead times may be longer, particularly if you've got raw materials coming from somewhere like Italy or from Europe, where they are still doing the factory shutdown during the summer. So if you're making a product with manufacturers, whether that's in the UK, whether your raw materials are coming from the UK or overseas, it's always worth bearing in mind that during the summer, your lead times are likely to be longer. So what can you do during this time in the summer when manufacturing lead times may be longer or your factory may even have closed for factory fortnight? Well, the first thing you need to do is make sure that you ask any manufacturers or suppliers that you're working with whether they do close during the summer or whether they have any extended lead times. Get those dates in your diary as soon as you possibly can. And also bear in mind that dates can vary from factory to factory, depending on what region they're in, just what timetable they work to, really. So just make sure that you've got those dates and put them on a critical path and build those longer lead times into your critical path so that you're well prepared for any closures during the summer and it doesn't catch you out. And if you want to know more about critical paths, I did do an episode and I will link in the show notes to the critical path podcast episode that I did a few months ago. So the next thing to do to make sure you're prepared for factory fortnight is don't forget to order your raw materials well in advance and be aware that mills and printers and other suppliers may be shut during this time, particularly if you've got any supplies that coming from Europe in any way. So that could be any hardware that you've got. It could be uh, fabrics where the yarns are being coming from Europe and being knitted in the UK. So there could potentially be several parts of your supply chain that may be affected by factory fortnights and closures in Europe during the summer, even if you are doing the majority. So there could be parts of your supply chain that are affected by summer closures and factory fortnights, even if all of your raw materials 
and your manufacturing is done in the UK. It could be still be something right at the top of your supply chain that is affected by Europe closures. And then you need to bear in mind that if you are making in the UK, everyone is going to want their orders made at the beginning of September to hit peak Christmas trading. So secure your post-summer closure production slot as soon as you possibly can and make sure that you have everything ready for that production slot at the beginning of September. So you've got final samples approved, you've got raw materials delivered, all your labels and packaging are sorted because if you're not ready, someone else will soon jump in your slot. So if you are yourself going away during August, make sure you prepared all of that before you go. And then you can just sit back and relax during August, you can work on other things in your business, planning your marketing for Christmas, planning your sales, getting ready for peak Christmas trading. And in some ways, I think factory fortnight is a good thing and should still happen. There was research done in Sweden that proved that factories were much more productive when they did close for a couple of weeks. If you think about it, it kind of makes sense. If you've got a deadline to work towards, i.e. the factory closing, you're going to work damn hard to make sure you hit that deadline. So no one's coasting. Everyone's getting ready. Stuff's got to get finished before you close. So that's actually a really productive time. So if you're a manufacturer listening to this, I'd love to know, do you close during factory fortnight? And if not, why not? And maybe you should actually consider it and think that it could be good for productivity. It does obviously mean that you need to be more organized. Your customers need to be more organized. But maybe that is not actually a bad thing after all. So there you go. That's a little bit about Factory Fortnight and why you need to prepare for it. I hope you found it useful. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And next week, as a little reminder, on Tuesday, the 9th of August... I'm going to be doing my first ever live YouTube interview. I've got three amazing guests coming along. They're going to be talking about a really exciting collaboration that they've been working on. And you can ask questions of the guests if you come along and watch it live. I'm going to be recording it. And the recording of that interview will hopefully make its way onto this podcast on Friday if all goes well. But it's live video. So what could go wrong, eh? So tune into that. I'm going to put the link to the Make It British YouTube channel in the show notes for this podcast. Thanks again for listening and I'll be back again next week. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Friday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. Many of the interviews that you hear on series four of this podcast are also available to watch on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to youtube.com forward slash make it British LTD. That's make it British with the letters LTD. Bye bye.